Welcome to the Celebration Sessions podcast with me, Connor Clear. The Celebration Sessions is a podcast about life, loss and love. As a celebrant, I want to look at how we celebrate, how we fall in love, the milestones we mark and how we can talk about the inevitable loss we'll meet along the way. This is my exploration into the beauty of it all. And it's my reminder to make the most of the important times and how important it is now more than ever to celebrate. So thanks for joining me on the Celebration Sessions podcast. Yes, indeed. Hello there. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Whenever it is uh, you're tuned in. Thank you so much for choosing the Celebration Sessions podcast. As always, I'm honoured that you would choose this podcast to keep you company as you go about your business. Now, for this episode, we're turning our attention to end of life and the people meeting newly bereaved families and guiding them through the difficult process of saying goodbye to their loved ones. With this episode, really what I want to do is find out exactly what the funeral director does, how they arrive into your life, and really how the landscape is looking at the moment in Ireland as well. And as we explore the role of the funeral director, hopefully we'll demystify uh, the person behind the role as well, and perhaps even pay homage to the wonderful work they do every day with bereaved families. So I'm delighted to be joined for this episode by Brian Doyle from Jennings Funeral Home in Coolock in Dublin. Brian, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, Connor. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted you're here. Um, I, I know we've, we've talked about doing this for quite some while now, <laughs> so we've finally been able to get together to, to do it. So I'm, I'm really thrilled. Thank you very much. Um, no, not at all. Listen, how is everything going at the moment? Yeah, kept going. Um, I suppose it's one of them professions that... You know, I'll always have work. I'll always be busy. It's one of them things that people would always ask me, are you busy? And I kind of have to say, unfortunately, yes. Indeed, indeed. Well, look, it's good to hear. Um, Brian, where do we start? I guess we could just delve right in at the start, maybe with a little overview. If we can just talk about the role of the funeral director, I guess. Really, I think one of the first questions I wanted to ask was, how you actually end up in people's lives do they come to you do you go to them how does that process work so i suppose like families would would come to us at the worst time of their lives mm-hmm. you know when they've suffered a bereavement of a loved one um they would contact the funeral home um and obviously make an appointment to see a funeral director that would be either myself one of my colleagues um or we can go home to their residence meet them there whatever puts the family at ease you know that that's our job is to guide them through the most difficult time of their lives. And if, if it means me heading out in the car, up to the house, so be it. I see, I see. Because I, I think part of the reason I asked that, I, I do remember, and, and I just have a snapshot, when my father died, and, and in fact, we're heading towards 20 years now. And even though it's 20 years ago, it's still a whirlwind, but I have this snapshot in my head of two funeral directors from the local funeral home in my living room, going through memorial cards and all of that. And it may well have been 20 years ago, but I've got no idea how they got there. I don't remember ringing them. Did we go to them? Did they come to us? So I wonder, has that changed over the years? I mean, you'd still be happy to go to people's homes and, and talk them through the process. 
Oh, of course, definitely. You know, as I said, it's you know, I'm more comfortable in in an office setting because you know I'm in an office there all day. But if it if it means I have to go to a house to to put a family at ease, you know, if they if they're more comfortable in their surroundings, yeah. And again, yeah. yeah, this isn't like you know I'm not trying to sell them something. You know, I'm going through obviously the arrangements that the deceased may have put in place that the family may have their own wishes. So whatever puts them at complete ease, mm, you know, very much so, very much so. And I think it's 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 probably similar for me as the celebrants as well. The difference between meeting in their home where they're comfortable versus sometimes when you meet families who say, no, we'd rather come to the office because, because actually sometimes when they're in grief, you know, it wouldn't be uncommon that within this whirlwind of grief, they may not have tidied their house, for example. They don't want people there. They want to meet somewhere uh, different, let's say. And, you know, you have to be flexible with that. So I think on on, on, on that level, I think I can I can relate to that. Um, Brian, talk me through a consultation then with the family as you run through everything with them. What does the consultation look like? So... Obviously, we, we would have a discussion with the, with the family, the next of kin, sons, daughters, you know, wife, partner, whatever the case may be. Um, we'd sit them down, you know, we'd offer them a cup of tea. Again, to try and make the family feel at ease, you know, that they are, they they're, they know what they're doing when they walk into a funeral yeah, home. Yeah. They know exactly what's happening when we come to the door. So to try and put them as much at ease as possible is key. Um, we would sit down then and just discuss if, Obviously, the deceased had, you know, any preference to a burial service, a cremation service. If the church would be involved, their religion, obviously, um, you know, music, flowers, a reposal. And obviously, the, the and, and again, I would always leave this towards the end of, of my arrangements is the coffin. Um, and oh, again, it's one yeah. of the most difficult decisions that a family would have to make. And there's no point in me jumping in straight away and go, you're right, and we'll head into the showroom there and we'll have a look at our coffins. Indeed. So, again, I would always kind of leave that towards the end. But I think what a lot of people don't understand about the job that I do and the job that we do as funeral directors is we arrange everything from start to finish. Yeah, That yeah. starts from yeah. if we, obviously, we would ask the family if we could take the deceased into our care, which is key. Um, and then, obviously, there's embalming if, if the body needs to be embalmed there to be an open coffin in the house in the funeral home you know limousines hearses yeah, yeah. horse-drawn carts motorbike hearses whatever the family want and again another kind of aspect to our job is is creativity you know and a lot of people wouldn't see that end of things so we kind of have to be creative in the sense that we, we will guide the family in whatever they want and we of will course. offer suggestions as well of course uh, and you're essentially planning this event in in two or three days this massive event and when i say massive i mean it's emotionally massive to them this needs to go right and i I, you know i say that as a celebrant i'm just one part of that whole process whereas you're looking after so many different moving parts that need to come together on that day Oh, definitely. And again, you've only one shot at it. You know, you can't turn around and say, well, look, at today's funeral wasn't great. We'll we'll have one tomorrow. You know, you, you only have one shot. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, my job is attention to detail all the way. And yeah, as I said, it goes back yeah. from the initial meeting to the day of the funeral, burial, cremation, whatever the case may be. And again, it would be to talk the family through everything. You know, what happens next, where they can get death certificates, 
right. whatever the case may be. Right. It, it's more of a, a counselling as well with the family. Right. And Brian, here's a question. How do you not overwhelm a family? Because there's so much choice for people and, and families as to how a, a funeral can look. Hmm. As I ask that, I, I'm wondering, I guess, does it have anything to do with, you know, how you phrase the questions to them about what their loved one might have liked or what they would have wanted? Hmm. And again, every every family will be different. Um, like, You've you've met me, Connor. You kind of know my mannerisms and my my kind of attitude towards everything is. I'm not. I wouldn't say that I'm laid back to the point where I'm just, hey, let's have a funeral. But you have to, you know, show empathy, and you have to kind of find a common ground with the family. Indeed. And once you can find a common ground, you're you're there, you know, and and you can bring that up during the conversation. And again, making the family feel at ease. There's no yes. point in me being a stuff a stuff short behind yes. the desk, making yeah. everything look all yeah. corporate, you know. Yeah, and and I will say, as as you mentioned it, I've seen you with families, and I can see how you put them at ease. It's it's a wonderful skill to have, and, and certainly in the work that you do, it's it's very very important, and and you, you do it you do it very well, Brian. Um, I think can we touch on the changing landscape as well? It's always a conversation I want to have when when, when we talk about funerals, just how much. They can be personalized these days. Is that something that you've noticed now changing trends, for example? Yeah. Like, again, the, the, the funeral would be more of a celebration of the person's life. And the family will personalize that, you know, with the person's favorite song, a favorite quote, favorite flower. When it comes to the personalization, the family most of the time have it covered. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now again, we would offer suggestions, but nine times out of 10, it would be more of the person's character that they would bring out, whether he yeah. was a big GAA fan or, you know, he was a dancer, whatever the case may be. So that's where, where we're kind of seeing a lot of trends now, where when I got into the business five years ago, it was completely different to what I'm seeing now. Indeed. And, and I can imagine there's been a lot of change over those five years. Um, what, one of the moments I love when I'm with a family is when they realize that everything can be personalized it's really nice because sometimes you might meet a family obviously as you can imagine their shoulders are up and they're ready to haggle almost you know if they want a piece of music they'll say look you know can we play led zeppelin if we have a hymn or a prayer (laughs) and it's nice to say no no you don't need to compromise you can have whatever music you want and there's always that lovely moment as well where you see the shoulders go down and they realize all right, we can make this completely personal. It's 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 beautiful. Yeah. Really lovely. And, and I, I think there's a lot of power in that, actually. No, definitely. Um, and again, I've, I've seen it with families and, and they're kind of apprehensive enough to, to kind of say, you know, can we do this? Can we have that? Will it be possible to do this? And and when you go, yeah, yeah, no problem at all. They're yeah. kind of like, wow. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like the weight has been lifted off their shoulders. So, yeah, now I see it as well. Oh, yeah, and it is. It's 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 really lovely. Um, tell me this then, within that context, because I was only having this conversation with, with a, a, a colleague earlier today. Sometimes when you hear a request for a piece of music, and look, mm-hmm. I've been doing this for a certain amount of time now, and you're learning all the time. And I'm not in the business of saying no. The most important thing is that a family gets their wish. But mm. sometimes you might hear a request which the family might think is going to be this light, humorous moment. 
but you can be certain from experience that it might just not be received on the day as the family might hope it will. And so I'm learning how to say, oh, you know, absolutely. If you want that piece of music, we will do that. But, you know, are you sure? Or how about this instead? Or have you thought about this? Is there a point for you where you would have to just say no to a family? Let's see. No no is not in our vocabulary in in the funeral business. Um, I don't think I've ever used the word no to a family. Yeah. yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Most families are unsure of limitations for a funeral. But once once they have all the information, it becomes a lot clearer to them. So, again, like you said, you want that song played? Now, are you sure would you not prefer the condensed version of Stairway to Heaven compared to the seven minutes long version? So, um, again, there, there would be times that I, I've never said no, but I would always, you know, well, I feel, and I would put my kind of two cents in and go, I think this would work better. Right. You know, and then once once the family kind of hear, and it, again, you know, you, you set their expectations from, from the get-go. You know, we want a thousand, you know, red roses and we want this, that, and the other. That's no problem at all. But would this not be better? You know, yeah. would, would you prefer this? Yeah. And give them all separate options. Absolutely. That, I feel that works a lot better. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, off the back of COVID, of course, there have been such big changes in rituals and traditions. Some have stayed, some have, have crept away again. Have you noticed overall uh, trends changing post-COVID? Yeah, definitely. Um, webcams in the church, the crematoriums, uh, is a change for the better, I feel. Uh, burials and cremations people will always have their own preference uh, and my job is obviously to guide them through that but I feel the webcams in the church the crematoriums for people and again it comes for people that can't be part of the service as yeah, in yeah. they can't make it because they're away they're living in a different country whatever the case may be that they can log on and tell the family look at I won't be there but I'm going to log on I know it's at 12 o'clock in the yeah, day or whatever yeah, so yeah, they can still yeah. be part of the service yeah the webcams I have to say have been a lovely product of the pandemic I, I i think i know yeah. friends of mine who, who who have gone through the funeral process have said to me that to be able to know that there are people in america australia you know around the world wherever it is watching that they can't see you know you may not just be able to look over your shoulder in the church and see people behind you but you know that they're tuned in from all over the world so actually this thing that seems that you've lessened the amount of people in the room with you has actually really widened us and made it that much more because very often you can have hundreds of people tuned in yeah. online and that's that's really lovely to know yeah like you know i i buried my mom two years ago and now i couldn't tell you who was oh, sitting right. behind me who was sitting in front of me or i know my my wife was sitting beside me um but i couldn't tell you anyone else but i knew that her family were watching from the uk because she's a lot of family in nottingham and, and in london and i knew that they were watching because they had been in contact with me and they said they were watching so that was always at the back of my mind like as i said i couldn't tell he was in front of me or behind me but i knew that my family were on um watching from the uk and that was actually yeah. a small comfort to know that yeah they're actually part they're part of the service brian i didn't know that that you lost your mom so recently two years is is still so recent two years um yeah it's a bit of, it's a bit of a crazy one um mm. She she was unwell, um, unbeknownst to the family, she was unwell. She she died of end stage kidney failure. But my son Alfie, she passed away on the sixteenth of September, and Alfie was born on the twentieth. 
so she never got to meet Alfie. Ah, Brian. Um, yeah. So, oh, but again, words. part of the, the the job, you know, who else am I going to go to? Who else is going to organise my mum's funeral? It had well, to be me. So hold on, you didn't, you didn't organise it. Did did, did you yeah. call on your colleagues? Well, yeah, no, I I, I kind of organised the majority of it myself. Um, again, I I you know touch base with a couple of colleagues to kind of finalise the the smaller details, as in music things like that. But I had organised. Mam's funeral from start to finish. Oh my word! Because I knew what she wanted. Oh my word! You know, it's it's one of them things. And if if me and you were sitting in the pub and we were having a beer and we start talking about this, people would think we're nuts. But you know, when you're in this business and you talk to other funeral directors, celebrants, um, it's just the norm. It's the norm for us. Um, and again, it was it was a conversation that I had with me, ma'am. Jeez. I think it was four and a half years ago when I actually was about six months into the job. And she said it to me, now she says, you know, when I pass away, I want you to look after me. So I kind of always had that at the back of my mind that I kind of have to do it. She didn't want anyone else to do it. So I kind of have to do it. That was it. And can I ask then how that was for you? What I mean is, was there a sense of healing in that for you, that you were able to do that for your mum? Um, there was, yeah. Um, I can't tell you how much of it was because I was I was in funeral director mode for the majority of it. Of course. Um, but yeah, no, there was a great sense that, you know, I looked after it. If there was any hiccups or, you know, and again, I'm not looking for praise, you know, off, off anyone. But, you know, if any of my family were to say, you know, well done or, you know, mom got the send off she deserved or this was wrong, that was wrong. It was all on me. But everything went according to, to what she wanted. So there was no kind of uh, there was no kind of repercussions from the family in that sense. Oh, Brian, fair play to you. I mean, it's it's a it's a beautiful gift to be able to give to to your family. So so fair play to you. Cheers. Um, let let's just shift it slightly because I know you mentioned that you had that conversation with your mum and 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 I know since I've moved into this landscape. I'm having these conversations at the drop of a hat. Uh, and I talk about this all the time now with any friends and family who are interested in, in, in having the conversation. I've given great thought to it myself. I've got a, I've, I've got a fancy funeral playlist on my phone of, of music that I want, you know? Um, I definitely want to hear that now. <laughs> maybe off air, Brian. It's, it's all show tunes. I don't, I, you, you wouldn't be into it. You wouldn't be into it. But, but what I mean is I, I, I love having the conversation because part of it is just normalizing it part of it is communicating with family what i want and a part of it is just a little sense of you know advanced planning as well so can i ask then is advanced planning something that comes through your office then is is that something you see at the funeral home yeah uh, a, a lot more than than people think um and again a lot of people would think, you know, a gentleman or a lady in our 60s or 70s would be coming in making arrangements. I've had people in their 20s come in and, yeah. and inquire. Um, it's been such a taboo subject for so long. And obviously, something we don't talk about, we, we become fearful of. If we don't talk about it, we become fearful. And it's one of the, the facts of life, isn't it? It's going to happen to all of us. It's going to happen to me and you and everyone that's listening to us that we're all eventually going to pass away. Mm. So people come in and they want to talk about, you know, the cremation service versus burial. They want to talk about the coffin. They want to talk about limousines, hearses, reposals. So I would have people come in to me from all walks of life, 
and just want to know and would obviously get a, an idea from me and go yeah do you know what that's that's what i want i think i'll go for that so uh yeah like 10 years ago it, it probably wasn't a done thing you know it might have been the very odd person that would come in um but the thing is the family are in complete control or the individual is in complete control yeah. of what they want yeah, yeah so yeah. they would come in and they would obviously let their family know their wishes once everything is kind of down on paper with, yeah. with, with the funeral home you know see it's funny i can talk in abstract about what i want you know and what i don't want but i've never actually actively acted mm-hmm. on it and gone to a funeral home to say this is what i want so what are the logistics of doing that you know if somebody was to make contact with you what's the the first step and i guess the step after that really how does it work well, the good news is, Connor, I'm back in the office in the morning, so... Um, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I'll come in. <laughs> um, <laughs> again, it's, it's you know, people would walk in, uh, inquire, people would ring up on the phone to make an appointment to come in. And again, yeah, it's yeah. sitting down and it's, it is funeral arrangements. So it's organizing a funeral for someone. But the person that you're organizing it for is sitting on the other side of the table. You Indeed. guide them on every single thing that they want. So if they want a horse-drawn cart with, you know, four black horses, black carriage, whatever they want, sky's the limit because they know that I'm sorting my funeral arrangements out now yeah, yeah, rather yeah, than, you know, yeah, leaving it to, yeah, to my family. Yeah. And again, and I've heard the word burden. A lot of people, but I don't want to burden my family with this and I don't. And it's like, well, look, at if, if that's what you want. And, I, I, you know, I'm not an advocate for, you know, you need to get in and make funeral arrangements now. Yeah. But if it suits the person, the individual, by all means. And I don't think there's any harm in, in holding some space in your head because actually when you start to think about the fact that there is an end, you don't have to think about the end. You just have to think about the fact that there is an end. That's actually when you can really start to live then. You don't have to become obsessed with it. Just mm. give it a little bit of space and a little bit of thought. Yeah. Um, And if you can find your path between, you know, actively going to a funeral directors to plan your funeral versus even just having the conversations with you, with your family because I know and, and I'm sure it's it's the same for you when you meet families there's already the natural grief that comes with losing a loved one when you get hit by that train well they now have to plan this ultimate send-off they want to, to put all their they want to put their hearts into Definitely. this send off for their loved one so there's that pressure now obviously they're helped by wonderful professionals like you but they still feel that pressure that they have to deliver this on top of the grief that they're feeling as well where at least if you can communicate you know maybe some poetry or say I'd like a church, a funeral home, a crematorium, you know, where I want this song or the other. If you can just communicate that, it might just take an awful lot of pressure off your family. Most definitely. Um, like my job and, and every other funeral director's job is to, is to allow the family to get into that grieving process yeah, to yeah. take the, you know, the, the funeral arrangements away from them. Like the old, the old name undertaker would come from the person that would undertake all the arrangements. Of course. So, yeah. um, now, I don't think of that. Every time I think of that, I think of WWE for some strange reason. <laughs> but um, um, like what, what we do is we, we allow the family to get into that grieving process to yeah. undertake all yeah. the arrangements that they want. So um, that's that's technically our job, yeah. Indeed, indeed. Um, Brian, I'm conscious of 
time. I don't want to keep you too much longer. There is one area I would just love to touch on before we finish up, and that's the idea of looking after your emotional self and your emotional boundaries. You deal with, and look, I don't know how many uh, families every day at the worst time of their lives. How do you look after yourself and your emotional health? I'm fortunate enough, Connor, that I work for a company that takes this incredibly serious. Yeah. I would often have calls from the management team checking in. Good, There's good. a dedicated helpline that we can ring uh, if we need to have a chat with someone. Again, emotional boundaries would be a big thing because obviously what we do is at a family's worst time and you would want to have a heart of snow not to be affected by certain aspects of the job. Um, I'm fortunate enough, though, that you know I kind of leave the funeral director at the gates and Brian, the funeral director, stays there. Yeah. And then Brian, the husband and, and father, kind of leaves there. In the years that you've been doing what you've been doing, has it changed your outlook on life? Most definitely. I've been getting that little bit fitter. I've been going to the gym. I do plan on giving up the, the cigarettes. Because, play. <laughs> you know, when your number's up, your number's up. And we don't know when that'll be. But if I can prolong my life as long as I can, to see my children grow up and obviously see my friends, you know, things like that. Indeed. Then, you know, why wouldn't I? You know, back in the early 30s, um, you know, you, you, you don't really care too much. You're like, oh, I'll drink and I'll do this and I'll do that. But it's only when you see the job that, that we do and you see someone the same age as you that, that has passed away from yes. cancer, that has yeah. passed away in a tragic accident. Yeah. You're yeah. kind of saying, well, you know, I, I really have to kind of you know kind of pull the finger out and kind of look after myself a bit yeah a bit more you know yeah yeah and again like you say within the idea of emotional health you're lucky that you have that support network as well so you're you're blessed to have your outlook on life but coupled then with your professional support network yeah. as as well um i look i think one final question and i i, I think i'll wrap up on this and again, I think the idea behind this episode was the idea of just demystifying the idea of the funeral director, because I think we all have yeah. these preconceptions of the funeral director. And I think when I moved into this landscape and when I met you and your super team of colleagues as well, I saw the emotional sides of the care that, that you give to families, you know, the personal side of what it is you do. Is there anything you wish people knew before they came to you? Yeah, I think you kind of touched on it there. The kind of undertaker, funeral director, the guy kind of, the old man sitting behind the table with it all in black and all corporate. And, you know, obviously we're not like that. Um, you know, I suppose if I was to say, you know, my job would be one of of support and guidance and it's not, you know, nothing to be feared, you yeah, know, to yeah, yeah, yeah. if you want to get into organizing your funeral now, by all means, you know, whether you be in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever the case may be, come in and have a chat with us that's what we're here for very good very good well look i have to say you guys provide a, a wonderful service to families in need so i think we should just acknowledge that by, by by saying thank you for that it's it's a great job um and and i almost think that sometimes there's a sense of vocation to us as well Certainly sometimes when I when I see the work yeah. you do. So so fair play to you for that. But Brian, look, I, I've kept you for ages now. I know you're busy, so I'll let you go. I've no doubt our listeners got so much out of that. I know I certainly did. Um, so a huge thank you for, 
a huge thank you for your time. You're very welcome. If anyone wants to find out more about the work that Jennings do, or if you have any questions for for Brian and the team, you guys are online. You're JenningsFuneralHome.ie. That's it. Um, and I'm based in the Oscar Trainer branch there in Coolock. And actually, I should say it is worth mentioning as well. The nice thing about Oscar Trainer is that the premises is actually a lovely space to hold ceremonies as well which which i think is is wonderful yeah sure uh did have you done a service there before oh yeah oh no no you did i don't oh, no, i've yeah. done a handful there and that's that's the tank there for a second <laughs> yeah no no but i always think it's worth mentioning because it's such a lovely space to be able to have a ceremony in and and i think for families who want to have the extra time perhaps on top of the crematorium as well again i think it's 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 a lovely option to, to having a church ceremony so it's 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 a great facility to have and, and a, a great option for families as well, you know? Ah, thanks, Connor. Yeah, I'm very proud of it. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a fecker to keep clean now, but uh, yeah, no, I take great pride. I take great pride in, in Oscar trainer and I'm, I'm proud to be the manager there. So, well, fair play to you. Look, between yourselves in Oscar trainer road and, and the other Jennings branches across Dublin, you have the city covered. Most definitely. <laughs> you do, you do. Listen, I'll put the links to JenningsFuneralHomes.ie into the episode description as well, so you can click on that. But once again, Brian, thank you so much for your time. No, you're most welcome, Connor. Thank you. Brian Doyle there from Jennings Funeral Home in Dublin. Now, as always, you can go back and check out previous conversations wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to like and subscribe um, to keep up to date with new episodes as well, don't be shy. Sure, of course, I'd love to hear from you. But in the meantime, that is it for me. Till the next time, stay safe, take care. This has been the Celebration Sessions podcast. Mm-hmm.